Hello everybody, this is Russ, K5TUX from Linux in the Ham Shack. As a couple of disclaimers to this episode, Linux in the Ham Shack episode number 42, I would like to say that first of all, we apologize for all of the technical difficulties and all of the audio problems we had in recording the episode. Much of the audio should be perfectly listenable, but some of Richard's audio got interrupted or had high amounts of background noise due to his limited network connectivity at the time of recording. We do apologize for that. Secondly, the music for this episode tends toward the harder end of the spectrum, from extreme hard rock to what can only be considered thrash metal. The first offering is Paper King by Noxious Revolutia, courtesy of GarageBand.com. And the second is from John O'Bacon's music effort, Severed Fifth. It's a track called Enslaved by Pain, which you can find at SeveredFifth.com. I just wanted to let everybody know that these were harder offerings than are typical for the Linux in the Hamshack podcast, so if you're not interested in music of that type, please feel free to fast forward. Thank you very much for listening. Linux in the Hamshack. KB5JBV and the fella grinning over there in Arkansas is Russ, K5TUX. Say hello, Russ. That's me, Russ, broadcasting from Studio 1N between the peaks of North Central Arkansas. And back to Richard, because I have nothing else to say. Well, there you go. And I, unfortunately, I'm in another alternate location. Y'all haven't heard me in the alternate location uh, unless you've been listening to the other show, but I'm in a an alternate, alternate location tonight. Uh, all of you that use Sudlink uh, Internet, go out and tell everybody to trash it, get you versus something, because it's just not happening. And that won't even, uh, that'll make it up all night, but I bet it's not the finished product. <laughs> oh, I bet it will be, because I hate Sudlink too. Well, there you go. And uh, I even told them that I was going to sick rest on them today. Actually, I'm waiting for the Internet to come up at the house so I can actually send the email. But we shall proceed. Here we have a full version. We had to get it done because next week Richard's going to be out of commission. So uh, what else is going on with you, Rush? Russ? Russ? Somebody? <laughs> Badger? Mm. Uh, what's going on with me? Not a whole lot. I've been working a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Haven't really had much time for anything else lately. And with your internet trouble, we didn't even have time for a podcast yesterday. So we're doing this on a Wednesday night, which is a little unusual, but we'll get it done. 
Yeah, we ran all the way up till nine o'clock getting things happening last night, and it just did not go. But that's okay. The only people that are going to be mad at me are the folks on Facebook that thought we were going to record last night. Uh, for those people, I, number one, I would like to say I'm sorry because Sudden Link is such a badger provider. Number two, I would like to say surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> All right. We got a full show tonight. We're going to try and whoop it out as quickly as possible because I'm trying, I'm having to keep my father up late because I'm using his internet connection this evening so we can get this done. So we need to, we, we, we do a little start off and, uh, I can't think anything else is going on on my end. However, I will probably think of something before we get to the first break. So, uh, Russ, since you're up on all this stuff, why don't you tell us about the upcoming Ohio Linux Fest? Well, the reason I brought the upcoming Ohio Linux Fest into the mix here is that it's upcoming, and I'm hoping that everybody who can make it out there this year will make it out there. I know I sort of started this spiel last time since we uh, were going to be out there. We're going to be out there again. And this time we'll, uh, this time it's not really going to be any different except I'm hoping to be a speaker at Ohio Linux Fest. Why did I bring up Ohio Linux Fest? I'm not sure. I just wanted everybody to come, I think. I don't know. You put it on the list. Yeah, I know I put it on the list. There was a specific reason why everything made it to the list, and now I've forgotten because we were supposed to do this yesterday. Because it, is it, because it's on the other end of the state from Dayton or, or, or what? No. No, there was something about, Something about it, but I don't remember. Anyway, everyone needs to go to Ohio Linux Fest and meet us there and all that good stuff. And like I said, maybe I'll be doing a talk. Who knows? I can pick on him, you see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, only reason I, the only reason I can pick on Russ is because he's hundreds of miles away from me. Because when he and I are having dinner together, I, I try to behave myself because he's big and scary. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just a little bitty guy. Uh, yep, that's right. Well, okay, haven't done that. You know what? I got to thinking about it the other day. Dayton, Dayton, you got Ham Radio in Dayton. You got Ohio Linux Fest in wherever the hell Ohio Linux Fest is. They're all over, spread out all over the state. Why don't we just move everything to Lima? Lima, Ohio. Mm, let's not. Why not? I've never been a big fan of Ohio. Well, there you go. I better, we'll move it to St. Louis. Hey, St. Louis sounds good. Is that Actually, like a segue? Texarkana. Texarkana would work. Well, I Texarkana. could be in Texarkana in two hours. Well, it takes me a little longer to get to Texarkana. It's about five from here. Well, that's okay. It's better than if we had it in Houston. Well, that's true, because Houston's about 12, and I have to drive through a whole lot of Texas. And there you go. So, uh... And I digress. All right. <laughs> now we've done our best to irritate Russ. Of course, he's got the, I'm sure he's got the antifreeze flowing uh, freely over there at the, at this time. So let's move on to the Mid-America GNU Linux Networkers Conference. The Mid-America Linux Network, uh, GNU Linux Networkers Conference. The largest, most prestigious show concerning Linux, GNU, networkers, conferences, and Mid-America, wherever the hell that is. So what is this wonderful, wonderful thing, Russ? This wonderful thing is my latest creation, or I hope it will be my latest creation. 
Uh, Cheryl is helping me out a lot with this, doing a lot of legwork, trying to get a venue and everything started up for it. We have decided that all of these fests that go on in places like South Carolina and Ohio and California are nice, but it'd be better to have one close to us. So we're going to try and start one, and it's called the Mid-America GNU Linux Networkers Conference. And just for anyone who's listening, I don't want people to be confused by the word networkers. The idea is that it's to get people together to network amongst themselves. It's not just for people who do open source networking. I want to make sure that's pretty clear. The whole reason that word is in there is so we could abbreviate the thing magnet, M-A-G-N-E-T. And if you want, yeah. And if you want to find out about this thing, you can go to magnetcon.info. M-A-G-N-E-T-C-O-N dot info. There's some information there. We're looking for all kinds of help. So if you have any experience dealing with setting up or administering a conference, we can use you. If you're a speaker type, we can use you too. If you're somebody who wants to show up, we can definitely use you. Uh, we're looking to do this uh, around the 1st of May next year, 2011. It will be in St. Louis. Right now we're looking at the St. Louis Union Station Marriott. There may be some variance in that between now and next May, but that's what we're shooting for. I'd like to get a bunch of people interested. If you can tell 200 of your closest friends about it, that'd be great. If you know anybody who'd be willing to sponsor it, that'd be great too. If you happen to work for a company that believes in open source and has you know deep pockets, uh, we're looking at you, Google employees. Let them know about it, too, so we can get some help in getting this thing going. And anyway, I just wanted to make everybody aware of it since we're trying to get it off the ground, and everybody should check out magnetcon.info. Well, everybody go over to magnetcon.info. Yeah, Russ is uh, trying to get this thing off the ground, and unfortunately I'm a little bit far away from there to be able to put in uh, put in the work myself. You know, uh, I still can't understand why we don't have a Linux Fest in DFW. Uh, the closest one's in Austin, and that guy hadn't been around since it was over with, so I don't even know what's going on with that. But uh, y'all go over to the MagnetCon, uh, MagnetCon website and uh, check that out. Uh, we'll be bringing y'all more information on it as the dates get closer, and I really uh, think we ought to get out there. And while I'm thinking about it, all you guys out there that listen to us and have Linux-specific podcasts, and you people know who you are, Peter64. So everybody go on over to the website and check out uh, MagnetCon, and uh, let's try and make this thing go off in a big way. Uh, yeah, we don't have Dave Yates, but we have Russ and Cheryl, so I, I think that probably makes up for it right there. <laughs> we can hope. We can we can hope, and who knows? Dave Yates might even show up. Y'all, uh, y'all, shake his hand and ask him what science there is to food if you get a chance. All righty, so um, let's see what else we got on our platter. Donations, donations. Uh, tell us that we got a million dollars worth of donations, Russ. No, I put donations on there because we've got so many events coming up, including the one we're trying to start here, that I figured it was time we badgered people about donations. We don't usually do that, but I'd like to bring it to people's attention. And since you're so good at it, why don't you solicit a few? Uh, uh, he said badger. He said badger. 
All right, everybody, y'all go ahead and send those donations into Linux in the Hamshack. You know what? I keep getting put up to this because nobody else wants to. I mean, Jerry Taylor's now running scared because somebody said something to him about advertising and everything else. The guys that run straight Linux shows, they, they, um, don't particularly care for the fact that we accept donations, but we do accept donations. And in this hard economic time, it's really hard to keep the show running and take care of these other projects to help make y'all's life better without a, with out of pocket cash. You know, I just barely had a, had a hamburger yesterday and I don't know what I'm going to eat today. So send your money in to the, to the Russ and Richard are starving. And we're going to have to quit doing video if we want, really want this to pan out. Russ and Richard <laughs> are starving donations. Care of Linux in the Ham Shack. Linux in the Ham Shack. Uh, your, your one and only minty fresh place for starving Richard, Russ, and Badgers. Bill, like, is independently wealthy, so we don't worry about him. So, y'all send it on in. Go on over to the website at lhspodcast.info, lhspodcast.info. Aha, I got you. You didn't think I would remember what it was. lhspodcast.info and drop a little cash into the donation 10. We will take whatever you got. Remember, you can't buy a soda for a dollar nowadays, so a couple of dollars uh, to further the cause will work out just fine. Yep, it'll work out just fine. I've personally taken on a lot more expenses lately dealing with the show. I just bought a new server so that I could set up more streaming options. We now have an audio-only stream. You can find a link to that on the website. I've been, I've started a bunch of things which cost money now, including hosting, uh, setting up audio downloads, uh, software to broadcast an audio only, as well as through Ustream.tv. And I've also set up a torrent host. Well, someone else does the hosting. It's over at clearbits.net, where I'm going to be able to store and provide torrents of the program and other things if I figure out other things to put over there. Uh, but all of that costs money, and of course it costs money to host our content, and there's a lot of content, and there's a lot of downloads. You know, when you download one of our shows, it comes from a server that we have hosted, and none of that's free. So I, I don't like, you know, begging for money, but in order to keep this thing rolling, we need some. And we don't ask for a lot, and we don't ask for it often, but if you can help us out at all with anything, go over to the website, lhspodcast.info, and drop a couple of dollars into the bucket and help us out. And, of course, you can help us out by buying LHS merchandise as well. You can, I forgot that. Yeah. You can go over to cafepress.com slash LHS podcast or printfection.com slash LHS. And there's all different kinds of merchandise there. And if you buy a cool hat or a cool shirt or a clock or a mug or a beer mug or a coffee mug or anything like that, we get a little bit of money out of that too. So every little bit helps. Thank you very much in advance, and of course, we'll thank you when you give us a donation too. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be surprised if you flip on the video on a on a Tuesday night and you see Richard sitting in a chair with his sunglasses and his uh, jackaroo hat on, smoking a cigar, saying "Send me money," and right after that, you get a bunch of bad Christian music played at you. So. We beat that dead horse. It was dead. It is now pulpified. 
Do we have anything else before we go to the break, Russ? Nope, I think that's it. Going to run into a break real quick so the whole show is not a complete downer, and then we'll start talking about some recent events. Well, there you go. Let's go break some.
Okay, I hope y'all enjoyed the break. I hope y'all aren't too mad at us over the donation thing and everything else. But no, no. Uh, but we're going to move on anyway. Uh, in the face of disgrace, defeat, fear, and loathing. So, uh, I think for this first segment, we're going to chat a little while about the goings on at Southeast Linux Fest. I really haven't had an opportunity myself to listen to a lot of the uh, Linux shows I normally listen to because I'm still trying to reorganize and get all my podcasts in one basket. However, I'm sure everybody is talking about how wonderful and successful it has been and that it was better than last year and everything else. However, Russ was there, so he can tell you a lot more about it than I can. So bring us up to speed on Southeast Linux Fest, Russ. Southeast Linux Fest actually turned into the inspiration for our own effort at the Mid-America GNU Linux Fest, which is now the other name, MagnetCon.info. This was the second Southeast Linux Fest. We didn't make it to the first one, but we made it to this one. And by all indications, it was a lot better than the first one. The first one was at Clemson University, so it had kind of a university vibe to it. And, of course, I wasn't there, so I don't really know that much about it. But this time it was more like a real conference. I don't want to say it wasn't a real conference last year, but this time it was actually in a hotel. There were... You know, ballrooms, breakout rooms, and most of the lobby floor was covered with vendors and exhibitors, including us. We would have preferred that they do this kind of a little bit differently because the way they had the vendors in the hallway was a, a little strange because there were so many turns and twists and trying to get from one spot to another was a little bit difficult and we happened to be way off in a cave in the backwoods somewhere, kind of like we were out in Dayton. However, we were across from the Linux Link Tech Show guys, and we were next to the Free Software Foundation, which was kind of cool. And there were some folks from OpenOffice.org, or at least representing OpenOffice.org, who were there for a little while. But they were only there on Saturday, whereas we were there for the whole time. The exhibition was pretty good. I was a little disappointed to see that some of the people who paid to have space there didn't show up and left kind of a a hole, if you will, in the exhibition. This one I actually got a chance to go out and see a little bit of. There were plenty of good vendors there. There was OpenNMS, Google, Groundwork, Tech Tech After Five, Asterisk, Xenos, and a bunch of other stuff, Zen, OpenSUSE, Red Hat. Lots of open source projects. So it was it was great to walk around. You know, there was plenty to see, plenty to do. The educational bits, there were tons of it. Um, I only got to see my own talk and one talk by Klaatu um, because I spent the rest of the time in the booth, as I did at Dayton. You know, it's getting to be kind of a trend, but that's that's the way it works, I guess. And actually, that way. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of weirdly socially antisocial. It's kind of a strange thing because I like sitting in the booth and I like talking to people about the open source stuff and everything and showing off all of our uh, computers running Linux. We have three computers set up at every show. So it's kind of pretty cool. The first night we had we went to the speaker's dinner because I was a speaker there. We were invited to the speaker's dinner. We got to meet all the speakers and hang out with some of the big names in the 
fill in the big shoes there at Southeast Linux Fest, and that was pretty cool. And there, there were several other social opportunities down there as well, but I didn't really get a chance to partake of any of those because after being in the booth all day and on Saturday doing my talk and and all of that kind of stuff, things got to the point where all I wanted to do was sleep pretty much. So... <laughs> Uh, hanging, hanging, been, been, been hanging with Chad in the bar again, haven't you? <laughs> we did hang with the Tilts guys and a bunch of other folks from Southeast Linux Fest on Sunday night uh, over at an Irish pub down the street from the hotel. Uh, they had a trivia contest there, which we which we bombed at pretty bad. Got to drink some nice Irish whiskey. Uh, had a good time hanging out with everybody. We never really got a chance to meet the Linux Link Tech Show guys when we were at Ohio Linux Fest last year, but we got to hang out with them this time and uh, got to know them really well. And they're they're all good guys, except for Gorkon. Nah, just kidding. They're all good guys. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, just like like I said, Chad gets to drinking. You need to watch out for him. Don't don't drop nothing. Well, Chad, <laughs> there's there. <laughs> There's a whole big thing about Chad, but I'm not going to get into it because he's been embarrassed enough about it. Well, he was he had a rough go last year at uh, Southeast Linux Fest. I just hope he did better. Chad, if you're listening, we love you, man. We love you. <laughs> yeah, he apparently he had a pretty rough go this year too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I hope triple. I hope uh, AA is working out for you, Chad. All right, so. Uh, did we have a lot of folks come by the booth? I, I must have been asleep if you said that before. No, I didn't get a chance to say anything about that. There were apparently about double the number of people that showed up this year as opposed to last year, bringing that number close to a thousand, somewhere around nine hundred, I think, is where the final count laid. And even though we were stuck in the back, we got quite a few visitors to the booth. It was nothing like Dayton, but Dayton had nineteen thousand visitors. And, well, yeah. Dayton been more interested anyway because we got uh, radio in the thing. So, yeah. But unfortunately, we were busy again. Like I said, and I never got a chance to even crack out the the audio equipment. In fact, I was going to crack out the audio equipment, but it turned out that when I got ready to set up and everything, I had forgotten my microphones. I had no mics whatsoever, so I could not record a thing. Unfortunately, well, we have no recordings from Southeast Linux Fest. That's why you need a Sansa clip. Go on over to Amazon, <laughs> your favorite provider. Get yourself a Sansa clip. Sansa clip, the only name in media players, Sansa clip. It will play all kinds of formats, including MP3 and AUG. You can go on over and find your Sansa clip. In fact, go over to the other podcast site, rfpodcast.info, and click through on the Amazon link and get your Sansa clip. Brought to you by Richard Bailey is a Sansa whore.net. Richard Bailey is a Sansa whore.net. Yes, this message brought to you by Richard is a Sansa whore.net. Go ahead and look at the website, Sansa Whore. That's... So. The only reason I say that is I've been recording some small episodes of the other show that way, and uh, it, it's working out surprisingly well. I mean, it's not great, but it's way better than I thought it would be. So now we've done gone off topic. Let's jump back on a minute. Were the halls plenty roomy? I mean, did... Uh, were you able to keep the drunks flushed over the side so you get up and down the aisle? Uh, uh, Actually, think? things were pretty tight, and as far as the drunks were concerned, uh, Chad Chad was okay. 
Oh, Chad was okay. We love you, Chad. We love you, man. Uh, yeah, no, actually, the, the, the hallways were kind of tight, but the thing of it is we were stuck off in a corner, so the only people who were milling around were people who were involved in the exhibition. It wasn't like there was a bunch of uh, regular hotel traffic wandering around. So it wasn't too bad. And when it got busy, it got busy, like in between the sessions and stuff. We had a lot of people to talk to. Uh, the sessions I heard were all really good, and I think they had like 50-plus speakers because they had so many tracks running at the same time. Well, I, I would imagine. Uh, I don't know how it was up in Dayton, but I know down here for uh, for Hamcom, uh, the convention center has several rooms, and there's a talk going on in all of them at any time while the uh, while things are going on. And I would think that they probably had that pretty much set up that way at uh, Southeast Linux Fest also. What kind of uh, tutorials and workshops were uh, were they running down there? They had a little bit of everything. Like I said, I didn't get to see any of them except mine. And there will be video and audio of the talk that I did once they get all that stuff edited and get it published. And we'll get it up on the website as soon as that happens. But there were talks on, you know, wireless security, networking. Klaatu did a bunch of stuff on multimedia and arts. There was stuff on network management, systems management, open source on the desktop. Uh, lots of pol- political issues, too. Stuff like um, getting, you know, getting people involved in open source, legal issues, patents, things like that. There wasn't any topic you couldn't find a talk on. But there were so many talks, people kind of got a little upset about it because so many things were going on at once. There were five, six, maybe seven talks going on at any one time, so lots of things got missed. So I think for next year they decided that they're going to kind of bring the level down a little bit just so more people will get to see more talks. Well, you know, in most cases, something like that, people aren't... uh interested in every single thing that's going on. I know that's the... uh way it gets divvied up around here when things are uh, things are cooking, uh, once again, at some of the ham fest here locally. But that's okay. The king of the smooth uh, segue moves on. So uh, tell us a little bit more about your talk, Russ. Uh, my talk was just entitled Open Source and Amateur Radio. I actually managed to get some open orifice. <laughs> open orifice? Oh, boy. Oh, open orifice. <laughs> open orifice brought to you by chadwallenberg.com. Open... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i'll have to leave that one in though because that was pretty good <laughs> anyway i learned a little about a little bit about openoffice.org and with some help from cheryl who got my template issue worked out i actually got some slides done and i will publish the slide deck if anyone's interested i thought the talk went pretty well considering it was the first time i'd ever done a talk uh, at any conference of any kind and I know that if I do it again, like at Ohio Linux Fest, I'm going to have to make a few changes to it because I had too much of one part of the talk and not enough of the other. But when the video comes out, I uh, hope everybody has a chance to download it and take a look. And like I said, I'll publish the slide deck too so people can see the effort I put into that, what little of it there was. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's pretty much all I can say about my talk. Uh It'll be a lot more interesting to actually watch it than to hear me talk about it. I don't know. I, I listen to you talk all the time. It doesn't bother me a bit. Not one doggone bit. 
<laughs> of course, the way you devour, devoured that, uh, that, that barbecue disturbed me a little bit. Anyway, um, so he's hanging with the big boys. Um, did you pick up any tips from Dave Yates for, uh, uh, what is it called? Mid-America GNU Linux Networkers Conference. No, when we were talking to Dave Yates, we actually spent most of our time telling them what we thought about Southeast Linux Fest. He was asking us all kinds of opinion questions about our experience and what we thought of it and everything like that. But from that, we decided to do some of the things that we're going to do for our own conference, which was pretty cool. And I just wanted to make sure we thank Dave Yates and Jeremy Sands and all of the other folks that I can't remember the names of who did all their hard work to put Southeast Linux Fest together because I think they started with a group of eight in their board of directors, so to speak, and then they got that down to six because a couple of people took off, and by the end of it, there were only four people running the whole show. So to pull oh, off a you know, three-day show with only four people, you know, getting things ready and keeping things running, they did a pretty good job. Well, there you go. Uh, I understand Dave's had a had a rough go with the people that they booked with last year and everything else. I just, uh, uh, in fact, I need to make a point of going over tonight and listening to his show and uh, see how things worked out for him. Thank you, Dave Yates, for the Southeast Linux Fest. I hear it's, uh, uh, even though I can't get there, uh, Carolinas are kind of far from here, but uh, you you really really uh made your mark with a uh, what i understand is an outstanding uh linux conference and uh not only dave yates but uh everybody involved out there thank you for bringing that uh, bringing that to us i know we've got a lot of appreciative folks we've heard from uh concerning last year and i uh, bet we'll hear from just as many this year all right now russ gets to make a choice Cho- uh, russ are we going to talk about field day now we're going to do it after the break Since I don't think we have a whole lot to talk about field day, let's go ahead and talk about it now, and then we'll do feedback after the break. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll we'll just keep y'all listening, and y'all have to listen to us instead of some of that wonderful music that Russ is always finding. So everybody knows since, uh, well, we... I think we've recorded twice since field day, but that's okay. As everybody knows, field day recently happened. I haven't gotten any stories of field day from anybody yet, which is kind of uh, rough on me, but uh, that's okay. You know, everybody knows what field day is all about. Unfortunately, it's diverged so much lately, and in fact, I'm not even going to go off on that. I'm going to let Russ tell you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was kind of curious what your thought, what you thought the purpose of field day was. I mean, I I know it's a you know an emergency communication exercise and supposed to get people interested and maintain their technical skills in the hobby. But is there something else to it? Well, no. It's just uh, you know half the folks out there think it's a, an emergency communication drill, which is the way it started. Half the people out there think it's just another contest. Uh, it used to be, and not so much over the last few years, because I do visit clubs, um, a time for amateur radio operators to get together and enjoy being amateur radio operators together. Quite frankly, it started off in the beginning as a, uh, an emergency preparedness drill. Y'all get out, get your equipment set up, y'all uh, uh, get it going. And unfortunately, now there's so many classes where you don't even have to go and do the the basic stuff. 
that a lot of people have uh, gone indoors and pulled away from their local clubs and everything else. You know, I don't want this to sound like I'm trashing field day. I love field day. Uh, and unfortunately, I didn't get to uh, uh, do my normal field day stuff this year. So uh, how was your field day experience for us? I mean, um, it's probably the first time you've gotten out in quite a while. Well, I'm not sure how you knew that, but that's true. It is the first time I've gotten out to field day in quite a while. When I first got licensed, I went to field day every year for the first oh, five or six years, I think it was. And that's when I still lived in Maine, and I was with the uh, Northern or the uh, Rustic Amateur Radio Society, which is Kilo One Fox Sierra. The last time I did that was like in 1998, I think it was, something like that. And I haven't been to a field day event since, until this year. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for field day this year, because there were so many events around. Um, there are so many amateur radio societies and amateur radio clubs in this area. I didn't know which event to attend, so I actually wound up going to two events. Uh, the first one was the station set up by the Nixa Amateur Radio Society, and their website's at nixahams.net. And they actually had registered a special event call sign for their field day. They were, let's see, what was their call sign? They were using November Zero Alpha, N0A, which was interesting. I've never, you know, had, I've never been able to operate a one-by-one one before. That was kind of cool. The only thing I didn't like about their setup is they were set up in the parking lot of a strip mall. All of their devices, they had like a community emergency support vehicle, which is like a big bus, you know that has, like, uh, belongs to the sheriff department, and they had a bunch of amateur radios in there, along with a bunch of the regular two-ways. And then they had a couple of other stations that were being operated um, out of travel trailers. And everything was kind of neat and clean, and even though they were running 3A, it was all a little bit too tidy for me. Field day, to me, is kind of a more rugged, camping-like experience, at least if you're running an alpha station. And while I did make about 25 contacts on there, I got on 40 meters and took over a frequency and got a good pileup going, wound up getting about 25 contacts, mostly in the Pacific Northwest and California. I don't know if that's where their beam happened to be pointing, but that's where all the contacts were. So it was fun, but I was only there for about 45 minutes before I got kind of bored with it. It was also about midnight, so it was only me and one other operator there. I never wandered around to the travel trailers. I pretty much stayed in the uh, the sheriff's department bus thingy. Uh, but after that, I went over to the South. Let's see, what is it? The Southwest Missouri Amateur Radio Club set up, and their website is Sierra Mike Alpha Romeo Charlie dot org. Checked out their setup, and they were definitely more of the literally campy site. They had uh, a little pull-behind cargo trailer with a couple of radios in it. Uh, they had a tarp, uh, basically a 10 by 10 tent, a couple of those. And they had some stations out there. They were running digital modes. They were running CW. Uh, they were using open source. They were running FL Digi and, um, and stuff like that for the CW and the PSK. And they had a regular Yezu something or other uh, for doing the SSB work. So I made a couple of CW contacts, which I hadn't made in a while. And uh, we got to talk to some people out there. 
that were actually willing to talk. There were actually probably 15 people out there. And so that was a lot more fun for me. And the only problem was Cheryl was with me too, and I was trying to show her some of the you know good parts of the hobby. Unfortunately, their setup was pretty much completely wheelchair inaccessible. From what I saw of the two field day setups, all of them were wheelchair inaccessible because one was in the one was in the bus and the travel trailers, and of course you can't get a wheelchair into either of those. And the other one was out, you know, in a lawn area in tents and so on and so forth. So it was a grassy, you know, field type thing. So getting a wheelchair into either of those places was pretty much impossible. So I hope in the future that some of the amateur radio clubs and the amateur radio societies that operate field day stations will kind of take that into account. And even though they're considering running alpha stations and doing emergency power and all of that, because I know they bring in the bonus points that they'll work on wheelchair and other handicap accessibility. It would be nice, because Cheryl is actually contemplating getting her license. She's able to pass the technician practice exams, and it'd be nice to get her out to field day sometime, but if it's not wheelchair accessible, it's not going to happen. Anyway, food for thought for the next field day, but I, I kind of enjoyed my experience. I don't think we left for home until about 4 in the morning, and uh, when we got home... I felt satisfied that I had experienced field day again for the first time in about 10 years. Well, you know, uh, the trend is to move to more uh, compact, modular type uh, mobile stations and stuff. And, you know, really, field day is about going out and testing that equipment and making sure it works. Some clubs have generators that only get fired up that one time of the year. We got had guys going nuts in the chat room a minute ago talking about field day. Now, I don't understand why you guys... Don't put those in an email so we can read them on air. Uh, as far as accessibility, you know, uh, a lot you might have to look around and find station or find uh, organizations that haven't had the money to kick in for these mobile command centers and that kind of stuff. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, a lot of groups out there that do field day out of tents. Uh, last time I was out at uh, Mesquite Field Day, they had a tent with a big flap of uh, look like a tarp or something with air conditioner uh, on one side and had the cool air blowing into the tent and the uh, warm air blowing back out as far as my experience with field day um, actually this year for the first time in uh, quite a few years I wasn't able to make it out to field day uh, because of my change in employment I was working that Saturday and when I wasn't working I was having sleep and uh, anybody who's uh, been listening to me for a while or knows me they know i try to get out and visit at least a few clubs to get questions because i get a lot of material for the other podcasts just by going and talking to ham radio operators and stuff like field day but i sat around and i, I listened on the listened on hf to a lot of stations wasn't going to do me a lot of good to fire up because i can only run about 50 watts out of the truck without draining the battery completely uh, really quickly but uh, I listened to some of what was going on on HF, some of what was going on on VHF and UHF, and even on D-Star. There was uh, some activity, not very much, on D-Star. As far as clubs are concerned, there are a lot of clubs out there, and this got mentioned in the chat room a while ago. A lot of clubs out there take the field day two Badger. serious as a contest. As of uh, recently, some of them have lightened up here locally. But there's a lot of them out there that if they can't be number one in their class, they're not going to be happy. 
it's a, it's a dog eat dog kind of thing and uh, field day should be more about bringing amateur radio operators together than it is to uh, uh, compete uh, there's a little too much uh, my club is better than your club going on but uh, I really don't want to go too far into that I do hope to get to uh, go to field day when, next year I'm going to do my best at least even if uh, my job doesn't allow me to spend a lot of time there uh, get out to one or two so I can get me some stories because uh, now I'm in field day withdrawal. So, everybody within the sound of my voice, folks in the chat room, folks on the uh, listening to the uh, stream, folks listening to the uh, recorded podcast, y'all send us some emails and let us know about your field day experience. It might even end up on the other shows since we're not getting any over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, you got anything else on field day, Russ? No, I just hope that everybody, even if you're not a ham radio operator, checks out a field day exercise next year. See how cool it is to work stations, and you can work a station, even if it's not like a get-on-the-air station. You can work contacts uh, as long as there's a control operator around, even if you're not licensed. So try it out, get involved in the hobby, have some fun. That's what field day is all about for me, and... In a lot of cases, you'll they have uh, free free food too. Can't go wrong there. And there you go. And at the very least, uh, there's a mini field day. It's called the uh, simulated emergency test that goes on in October. Y'all go on out and check that out. Get with your uh, local uh, club, Aries, Racies group, whoever it is. Find out when that's going on, and uh, uh, I think you'll see that it's pretty much like a mini field day. Alrighty, we uh, wrap that up pretty quick. Uh, with minimal effort, well, maybe a little more than minimal, but we got it wrapped up anyway. Y'all sit back and listen to a little music, and uh, we'll be back uh, to wrap things up.
finish line and we have your favorite subject of mine feedback Russ tells me we have several so we're going to see if we can't get on through them we've got a fairly lengthy one from uh, from Dave M0DCM uh, we're not going to go too in depth on it but Dave I will be getting that information to you in, in audio or written form as soon as possible so go ahead and kick her off Russ all right, the first one I've got is from Don, Whiskey Sierra 4 Echo, who sent us a picture of him standing outside of the Red Hat Summit in Boston wearing his Linux in the Ham Shack shirt that he apparently purchased over at Printfection. So that's pretty cool. Here's what he says. Just thought I would send you an email to say hi from the Red Hat Summit in Boston. I thought you might get a kick out of the fact that you guys got some free advertising with a few thousand people in the Linux community today. And the picture shows him standing out front of the summit, which was pretty cool. And he bought what looks like the uh, camo green version of the shirt. We want to thank Don for buying a little merchandise and helping out the show and walking around and giving us some free advertising. You can't beat that. 
you think? can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. Uh, but Don, thank you, man. Uh, any any promotion is good promotion, good, bad, or indifferent. And so, since you were walking around the Red Hat Summit with with our shirt on, I bet some people stood up and took notice. That, or they said, "What the heck is he doing in here?" and tried to run you out. But either way, we appreciate you getting out there and promoting the show. Uh, the more listeners, the better. Uh, we tend to do a lot more Linux than we do amateur radio, even though we get it in there. And I hope it's not so much that it runs either either side out. But anyway, thank you. Thank you uh, profusely. So what else you got, Russ? All right. We've got this one that you're going to address here in a minute, so let me move on to the next one. We got a listing over at Varying Frequencies. This is a blog that's done by... Papa Alpha 9, Quebec Victor. He's got a link to us over on his website. So I want to thank you for listening to the show and linking back to us. I will go ahead and put your blog on our blog roll as soon as I get a chance, which will be very soon. I know I mentioned in the last podcast that I was going to put a link to WA0UWH's link over on the website, and it took me a little while longer to, to get that done than I thought it was going to. It is there now. So I want to thank WA0UWH and also Papa Alpha 9, Quebec Victor, for listening to the show and for linking to us. Thanks very much, guys, and we hope you stay listeners for a long time to come. And uh, the only thing I've got left is this one feedback that Richard wants to address, so I'm going to go ahead and read it here. And then Richard's going to do what he always does and give us his thoughts. This is from uh, Dave. Mike Zero, Delta Charlie Mike. Hey, Richard and Russ. I've just listened to episode 40 and found it quite interesting about the Linux equivalent to HRD. I've just got back into the HF-VHF bands after being off the air for five years. I use the Yaesu FT817ND and an Acer Aspire 1ZA3 netbook that I use with FLDigi, CQRLog, XDX, GPredict, and WSJT. For my APRS, I run Zaster on both the netbook and my standalone desktop file media center, which I use for the local Digipeter. I've had problems with QSSTV on my netbook, but after a scan of the forums, I noticed that MMSSTV works a treat under Wine. But as for the HDSSTV, there's nothing. Do you know of an HDSSTV program that will run under Linux? I've been given the arduous task by a couple of the members of the local packet radio club to find an equivalent to WinPack for use on Linux. But as of yet, I've not had any success. Do you or any of your listeners know of a good application that will do the same as WinPack? I know the members in question will be listening as I share the LHS and other podcasts via Tonito on my desktop. Anyway, keep up the good work, and if you see hear me on the HF bands, give me a call. 73 Day M zero DCM Dave in the United Kingdom. So I don't have anything on either of HD SSTV or WinPack. So this is going to be Richard's little thing here. Well, thank you, Dave. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, thank you guys over there in Europe for keeping Packet alive. It's kind of dwindled down to uh, the choices of WinLink or APRS over here on this side. And uh, I really enjoyed WinPack myself. However, uh, as you know and I know, uh, Roger's been gone for some time. Uh, I 
did spent some time looking into trying to find something that might be an equivalent, and I'm still checking into that. Uh, we could talk about this for a whole episode, and uh, I, I really think it probably will be the uh, subject of an episode uh, within the when the, within the next month or so. So uh, you know, keep up the good work. I'm gonna try and get this information. I'll either get it to you via the podcast or via email, one way or the other. Uh, I would like to find a resolution to this because I would like to get uh, all those TNCs I have at the house up and right in. So uh, what else we got, Russ? Uh, did you have anything on HDSS TV? HDSS TV, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. HDSS TV, uh, there are some guys out there attempting to work on some software for that. Uh, I will have to check into that also. The last time I looked, it still was not available in something that would run on Windows, even under or uh, Linux, even under Wine. Uh, I will have to go back and check that one more time. All right. Well, we can probably make an episode, like you said, out of this email. Unfortunately, I think I'm down to the bottom of the list, and because we're having a bunch of technical difficulties tonight, it looks like episode number 42 is going to be a little bit truncated, unless I can find something to throw in uh, afterwards and uh, maybe address an email or a voicemail to fill out some of the time. But I guess I guess we can call it good for now. But thanks, Dave, for the email. We always appreciate the feedback. And uh, make sure, like we always say, tell 200 of your closest friends about the podcast. And if you could get 200 of them to donate a buck apiece, too, we'd be real happy about that, too. But thanks anyway. Well, there you go. And with that, I guess we'll probably need to go ahead and round this one up. I think uh, we pretty much beat this horse to death. And I know there's a lot of horse beating going on down here in Texas and a little bit up in Arkansas. And uh, <laughs> that's okay, though, because Russ is like an apprentice horse beater. So with that, uh, y'all can find me at all the usual suspects. Y'all can find me at all the usual suspects, uh, Twitter, Identica, Facebook, all these places. Uh, y'all drop me a line. Let me know what you're thinking. Tell me what you like about the show. Send all the hate mail to Bill, W-A-9-W-K-A. Oh, doggone, I don't even know. It's been a heck of a night with lots of difficulties. So uh, y'all uh, y'all get in touch with us, and take it away, Russ. All right, well, we do apologize for our little bit of technical difficulties tonight. Sorry the podcast isn't the quality it normally is, but maybe I can get it all straightened out in post-editing. Who knows? But my name is Russ. I'm K5TUX. You can find me at all the major social networking sites as J.R. Woodman, I'm also K5TUX at 73s.org. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-455-0305 or at 417-200-4811. We love the feedback. You can leave an email at info at lhspodcast.info. That'll go to both Richard and I. We'll probably respond to you in email, and we'll definitely respond to you on the air so we can get out all that good information to all of our listeners. Thanks once again for listening. Hopefully by the time the next episode comes out, we'll be back to normal here, and we'll have some good content. We've got lots of amateur radio and lots of Linux to talk about. We've got a couple of good topics already lined up, including things like antenna modeling under Linux. We've got some stuff about SSTV. We've got packet radio. Uh, we've got SDR. We're going to readdress some of that. And uh, 
a big email that we got from KC4WZE back in late June, which we're going to address in an episode as well. Come on back next time, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Make sure to check out the live streaming feeds. We've got the unedited podcasts up on the website. We've got torrents coming out. We've got audio streaming. We've got all the music, and we're just trying to make this uh, the best possible listening experience for all of you. So from up here in the pine forest between the peaks of north central Arkansas at Studio 1N, this is Russ, K5TUX. And signing off for Richard uh, behind the Bailey Thornhill building where he's getting ready to badger the Sudden Link Central office down there in Mesquite. We will catch you all in a couple of weeks. <laughs>